Good to have you on a Friday. Bill Michaels Show. On the air throughout the great state of Wisconsin. Good to have you. And all, uh, all beyond the borders, depending on uh, where you're listening to the program. Or watching the program, for that matter. Good Friday to you. And uh, you want to chime in today? It's easy. 877-867-1670. You can hit us up over on Twitter. At Bill underscore Michaels. At Bill underscore. Or X, as they call it. At Bill underscore Michaels. Uh, at Wisco Grant. Grant Bill's uh, producing the program today. Grant, uh, do you get a lot on Twitter anymore? What, what do you mean, do I get a lot, specifically? Do you, it used to be like the gathering spot for a lot of us, especially sports people, okay? And we get, basically, what I've seen has Twitter has diminished to where it's just, you're paying attention to it for kind of breaking news, and that's about it. Is, is, am, I, am I correct in my assumption? Yeah, I, I'd say it's, it's still that, except a lot of people are unhappy <laughs> when they're there because right, of right, changes right. to Twitter, you know, whatever reason. But I, I still think a lot of people do sports stuff on there. Yeah, totally. Um, so, and, and, you know, like when I'm on, um, when I'm on site or, what, you know, during Sundays, during games, uh, I'm always tweeting. I'm tweeting about a play, something I saw, you know, whatever. And it used to be uh, you would get a myriad of responses, and now n- nothing. I, I and don't get me wrong; it's, I still got you know all my followers, and they've gained followers. I gain followers every week, but it's not like all of a sudden just everybody left Twitter. It's just are people using it as much anymore? It's really weird because there's what I mean: younger people use uh, Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram. And Instagram is weird because my Instagram account is kind of like stagnant. It just sits. And I do use it. But it you you can't use it in the same facet as you use Twitter. So you're not constantly typing stuff out. You always have to include a picture or a, a heaviness to it, picture or a video. So it's not like you're just putting out information. So people don't use Instagram in that same facet. And Facebook is the largest, still the largest gathering area in the world. It's got more than everybody, but I wonder if, and Instagram has grown because Instagram and Facebook, you know, Facebook bought Instagram, but I just wonder where everybody gathers now uh, on, it used to be, I, you know, uh, I would always get responses and there'd be, you know, discussions, arguments, whatever, but I don't get that anymore. So when I talk about Twitter every day, I'm kind of like, ah, is anybody over there anymore? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a pretty good space. I think I, I think I like Brewers Twitter the most. You know, there's a lot of Packers content and Packers people gathering during games, but I, I think right. Brewers Twitter is what I enjoy in the summer. It's just people who are degenerates tweeting about the Brewers on a <laughs> random night when they're playing the Pirates and like right. Craig Council pulled a reliever one batter two later. Like, that's my favorite side of Twitter. It's uh, because I, I, I carry TweetDeck, too. And do you, do you use TweetDeck? I don't, but I know a lot of people do. Yeah, I use TweetDeck, so I'll sit there and I'll watch what everybody's saying. But it used to be this just burning up, throttling thread of stuff. And now it's basically us. It's it's the media talking to what we believe are the masses, but just other people in the media. So I, I don't know. I just was kind of kind of kind of finding it fascinating that we discuss it. I I somebody had mentioned yesterday to me when I, we were down at Stenny's last night having dinner and Somebody said something about they follow me on Twitter, and they used to respond. They said, how come you don't anymore? They went, well, they went, eh. You know, it's like, okay, we're over it. You know, like, we're on to the next. So what's the next, you know? Um, so that being said, you can find us on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, or at Wisco Grant. Instagram, uh, the Bill Michaels Show on Instagram. 
Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash The Bill Michael Show. And uh, you can also track us down on YouTube. YouTube, please subscribe. So it's free, 100% free. But you go to YouTube. You go to youtube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. Three words, put them all together, and then hit subscribe. So when we go on the air, it'll pop up and alert you. If you allow the alerts to come through, it'll alert you. Hey, you know, you follow the show, we're on the air. You can ignore it or you can watch the show, whatever. But it's absolutely free. Uh, same thing on Twitch TV, on Kick TV, uh, LinkedIn TV now. We are there as well. We get a, a link on, on X or Twitter. And you can email the program, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. Uh, the website's uh, the same. And uh, you also uh, can listen to us on the Zone Madison app. The Zone Madison app. And uh, afterwards, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and all that kind of good stuff as well. Where do you want to start today? Where do you want to start today? Well, uh, we could talk about the Brewers. They're on the verge of a rebuild. We could talk about the Bucks. They blew a game last night that was a bummer. Giannis scored 55 and still wasn't enough. Um, yeah. I don't, one of those positive topics. We could start with yep. either one of those. That'd be uplifting. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, interesting how the Bucks. I we just got done talking about it. You know, they do the back-to-back and they get a lead and all of a sudden, you know, Giannis is going off and it's – it's gone. You know, it's, I have a real concern. I know when they made the trade for Dame time, everybody just penciled them into the finals. I have a real concern. They're even going to get out of the East. I really do. They cannot, they just refuse to play defense and don't give a damn. And all the, the talk about Giannis put up 55. That's fine. You know, I, I wish they had the same passion for playing defense. Giannis does. But the rest of that team, and especially on the perimeter, it nothing has changed. For everybody that wanted Budenholzer gone because they don't play defense beyond the perimeter, wash, rinse, repeat, man. I have a real concern they're even going to get out of the East. I really do because they just don't want to play it. They, they don't have – playing defense is a want to, and they don't want to, and that's evident. Am I concerned about this team? Starting to go, Starting to. Because they're not what everybody thought they were going to be. Now, they may be midway through the season after 30, 40 games. Sure. They may turn it on and go from there. But I, I just – I have a real concern about this team. Uh, and, and I'm talking about the defensive. They can score with anybody. And down the stretch, I'm sure that, you know, if they've got the ball in their hands with a tie game or down by one with 10 seconds counting down, then chances are they're going to win that game. But but if it's if it's – if they're up by one – and the other team has the ball coming down the court and there's 10 seconds left in the game the bucks are going to lose because they don't know how to play defense. They don't they don't they just kind of jump out at you with an arm in the air and hope for the best. They don't have the ability to deny the backside pass. They don't have the ability to play with their hands out. They don't. They just throw their bodies around, run after guys and that's that's it. So I just want to watch a bucks game where all of their good players play. Like Chris Middleton didn't play two nights ago. Dame didn't right. play last night. And I'd also like to see their coach on the floor because Adrian Griffin got thrown out last night. Yeah. And I didn't read the pool report, so I guess I don't know completely why. But it only took about one second, which kind of bothers me. Like, stop throwing people out. Stop throwing right. people out of NBA games, please. Yeah. Well, uh, there's frustration there. That's for sure. And maybe he felt it was time. And I, again, like you said, I haven't read the, the pool report, but maybe he just felt it was time to uh, – to kind of, you know, back his guys type type of thing. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. 
877-867-1670 if you want to find out, uh, or yeah, not find out, if you want to, uh, anything, if you want us to go down a particular path, go ahead and give it to us. Here's the other question today. There's, there's a couple of them. One is, can the Badgers turn it around? Uh, 2.30 kickoff tomorrow, Camp Randall Stadium. Can they turn it around? Can the Packers break the streak on the road and actually win in Pittsburgh? And what's the ripple effect for the Milwaukee Brewers? Uh, uh, Adam McCalvey wrote a really good piece. I don't know if anybody's read it yet. On now what? And one of the uh, one now hindsight being what it is. Looking back, the Brewers are thinking to themselves: they gave Craig Council the end of the that you know October, and to to get into November to kind of make up his mind. And once that contract ran out, and did they not move fast enough? because now they're behind the eight ball when it comes to interviewing candidates for their managerial job. Now they have a, a short list, obviously, but it's not like, you know, there's a bunch of other teams beating down the beating down the door to talk to everybody else, but it is, it, it's certainly uh, uh, a, a concern, I guess, if you read uh, Adam McCalvey's column. So, you know, again, uh, there's some things to go over, and we can get into that discussion coming up here in a little while. But um, did he – did the Brewers – should the Brewers have given anybody permission? Should they have just said, no, we're going to wait the contract out? Or when, as Mark, Mark Atanasio said, hey, we found out going into September that he was kind of leaning towards leaving. And if he was leaning towards leaving, still managing, but leaving, then should the Brewers have said, much like when Brett Favre was wavering, or Aaron Rodgers was wavering, should they have gone and started to at least field calls and started to say, hey, in case this happens, here you go. So we'll see. But, I um, mean, if you keep Pat, Pat Murphy, then you're keeping consistency and you understand the system and Pat's first managerial job. Okay, that's one thing. But if not, hmm, did they wait too long? So we can get into that as well. Uh, by the way, Libby, good morning. Libby is an everyday listener from the U.K., listening on Facebook. We are the number one go-to for Packers and Brewers news. Libby Jordan in the UK. There you go. Uh, Sean says it's early, Bill. Team still has learning, uh, has to still learn how to play to everyone's strength. Everyone's strength is offense. That's it. <laughs> if you watch games, that's it. There's, there's no discussion about it. Uh, there's a lot of flat-footed. There's a lot of people, if you've ever watched – uh, last night was no exception, where somebody, doesn't matter who it is, puts up a shot, right? Puts up a shot. Watch. The Bucks have like one designated rebounder and three others retreat to the other end of the floor. There is nobody getting second chance points. And that's where this team also lacks. There is nobody getting second chance points. They run down to the other end as if they're going to defend to then stand just inside the arc, maybe four feet inside the arc, and just kind of stand there and put their arm out like they're going to do something. But the result is nothing. And then they watch it go up. They hope for a rebound. They hope that Giannis or Brooke Lopez or somebody has trotted their ass back down to the other end of the floor, grab a rebound, and then head back the opposite way. But there is nobody doing nothing uh, defensively on this basketball team. Adrian, And what is Adrian Griffin going to do? Is he going to come in and go, all right, guys, look. This and this might be the difference in philosophy between him and Terry Stotts because Terry Stotts was all about productivity on the floor. He wanted guys to play both ends. 
He's an old school guy, learned with George Carl and company. And even though him and George didn't get along at the end, he still was that guy, even in Portland. And I wonder if that's where they, they disagreed. Cause you know, he probably looked at it and Terry said, okay, coach, you got a great plan here. Uh, I'm looking at the whiteboard, uh, a lot of offense, man. This is great. So what's your defensive plan? And Griffin looked at him and went, uh, and that's where he said, well, we got to have a plan. We got to have these guys play defense. We got to have these guys do some fundamental things. And, and that's when he, you know, coach Griffin went, no, we don't. And, Terry said, yeah, we do. And he, no, we don't. Yeah, we do. Okay, I'm out of here. I'll talk to you later. That, that, that to me, I think, is what actually happened. That, that is a, a Cliff Notes version because, man, oh, man. <laughs> just Oh, boy, they don't play any defense at all. Anyway, that's it. Uh, 877-867-1670. Can the Packers get a win on the road in Pittsburgh? Something that has not done, not been done, since 1970. We can talk about that when we come back. Tyler Dunn is in Pittsburgh uh, from GoLongTD.com. We're going to talk with him bottom of the hour. Got Mike Clemens in the last hour today. Will Graves covers, uh, covers Pittsburgh and the Steelers side of things. We'll talk to him coming up in a couple of hours from now, but uh, probably about two hours and 15 minutes to be exact. So stay tuned for that. Hang in there on a Friday edition. And uh, by the way, I did feel good uh, having beverages yesterday when I got out of here. It was needed, and uh, the best part about it was I had a couple of beverages, washed myself, didn't get crazy down at Stenny's, had the garlic cheese bread, had some wings, but came home, didn't gain a pound. That's the best part about it. Didn't gain a pound. So I feel good working out this morning. Still on track. Nice. Feeling good. So there you have it. Good stuff today. Let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. we got a lot more to get to. More of the Bill Michael Show, talking about the Packers winning in Pittsburgh. Can it be real? Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it, rock it. Good to have you back. Hey, a reminder, coming up the Green Gold Postgame Show, we are going to be live at the Stillery and Grafton, the watch party coming up this weekend, Sunday. We're going to get in there early. Everything's going to be set up, and then uh, the doors are going to open. We're going to welcome you in to watch Green Bay in Pittsburgh. Grab yourself a little beverage, a little food, and then after the game, immediately following the game, in the 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock realm, we will be on the air with the Green and Gold Postgame Show live from the Stillery in Grafton. And today, tomorrow, and Sunday, portion of the proceeds will go to Fisher House, Wisconsin, honoring the Veterans Day weekend. So uh, come on out, and not only do you get some good food, beverages, get a chance to watch the game, hang out, check out the Green and Gold Postgame show, but your money also goes to a very worthy cause, and that is for uh, military members, veterans, and their families in Fisher House, Wisconsin. So if you can come on out, please, please, please go ahead and do so. We'll uh, be happy to see you out there at the uh, distillery in Grafton coming up this weekend. This week, That's it this weekend. I, I have nothing. I am excited. This is the first time, Grant, I can't even begin to tell you when I had absolutely positively short of the game on Sunday, nothing on Friday, nothing on Saturday, no place to be, nothing. I think uh, we're going to do a little shopping, but beyond that, uh, I got to go get a light fixture for a bathroom, and uh, I think we might go walk the shops of Cedarburg or something like that. I think they do some kind of thing on Friday nights leading up to the holidays or something. Nice. So we might do that. Other than that, nothing. I got nothing. 
That's perfect. I love it. You need yeah. to do nothing. You need a couple days where and and Bill, you're going to be tempted to do things this weekend. You're going to be like, I, I need to I need to do some running around. I need to, to do don't just don't just chill yeah. just relax. I got nothing. Uh, I I worked and this is awesome because I worked my tail off for the last two weeks to get everything done around here. And other than you know, kind of hanging out at the house and eating eating good and watching college football, I I got nothing. So I love it. Thank goodness you don't have any uh, conflicts that will prevent you from watching Wisconsin Northwestern. (laughs) That should be an entertaining game. (laughs) I here's the question: Do you think Wisconsin wins this game? And do you, if they do, can they do it going away? Because Northwestern is not a good football team. If if we get the Braden lock that we saw at the end against Illinois and against Ohio State, yeah, I think they could, and I think they could win. I mean, what's going away for this team? 14 points, you know, 10, 14 if points. They could, if they could win this thing 28, 14, 28, 10, um, if they could get, God, can you imagine if they ever got over 30? Holy crap, you know, the sky would fall. But can they put 30 up? You know, can, can they do that? Can they get this offense moving to where it looks like something? I mean, there's not many games. We have one, like, what, three games left? Yeah, yeah, and they have they need to get one more win to be bowl eligible. I heard Zach talking about that yesterday. I think there is a bill. There's a world in which they win this game, twenty eight to ten. I don't. I wouldn't bet my money on it. There's there's a difference. I think it absolutely could happen. I wouldn't bet money on it. Why would you bet money on this team after what we've seen and what we saw against Indiana last weekend? Yeah, I um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm watching because I want to watch. I'm a junkie. I I, I can't wait because uh, Michigan Penn State play Saturday night, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, that that's the night game, correct? And that's yeah. on um that would be the Peacock, the NBC game, I think. Yes, yes. So and today, by the way, we are waiting uh, because at any minute now the NCAA or not the NCAA, the Big Ten is supposed to make their announcement. And the big uh, issue this morning, as I'm watching, all, you know, all the networks, I was flipping around, was will they make the announcement and pull Jim Harbaugh off the plane? Because they about the time they're making an announcement is about the time Jim Harbaugh and the University of Michigan are loading on the plane to go to Penn State to play that game tomorrow. So you wonder at what point in time do they make their decision and say, hey, done. Um, and there's some that are saying Jim Harbaugh should not be eligible to come back and coach until after. Uh, if they make it to the Big Ten Championship, then so be it. Uh, but if not, for the next three games. Now, the Big Ten would have to get permission from the board of directors and the board of regents to collectively to then suspend him for more than two games, from what I understand. They can only do it for two games, and that would be it. So do you let him go to Penn State this weekend and then suspend him for the final two, which would include the Ohio State game at Michigan? Or do you suspend him for the two games right now and then, you know, then he but he's back for the Ohio State-Michigan game? Or do you then suspend him after the regular season, which means he doesn't coach in the Big Ten championship game or if indeed they make it there, or he would not coach in any any bowl game after that. So they got a lot lot to uh, decide, uh, and I'm going to be. I, we're all intrigued to see what Patini is going to do, because uh, it it the argument. And let me let me explain this real quick. And and Grant, I know we've talked about this. The bottom line is this: they broke a rule. It doesn't matter if you agree with the rule or not. They broke the rule. 
and they blatantly broke the rule. Do I agree that the rule is stupid and antiquated? Hell yes. It's dumb. Okay? But getting Connor Stallions on the sideline dressed up on an opponent's sideline to steal signs from Michigan State and use that video, that's way beyond the spirit of the rule because you know what you're doing. At that point in time, when you dress as somebody else, you know what you're doing. Nobody puts on a disguise to go to a football game, but he did. And then he used that video. So the fact that it's got, got it was that egregious is what puts people up in arms. Now, people want to make a big deal that, you know, Harbaugh, if you start looking at the sign stealing with Connor Stallions and what has happened with, with Michigan football, I mean, prior to those the last two years of where they've been, Harbaugh was ready to lose his job. And then last year, everything came on and, you know, everybody, you know, suddenly they became the football program everybody expected them to be. And this year they've been just as dominant. Well, he's also recruited better guys. He's fully indoctrinated his system and he's got right people in place and things have just worked. And I don't, I don't necessarily put the sign stealing in conjunction with that. I know some do, but I don't go that far. But all I'm arguing is, is not whether it's right or wrong. I'm arguing he broke a rule and they broke a rule blatantly and knowing they were breaking a rule by disguising this guy. They went to enough lengths to disguise this guy. So they knew what they were doing. So that's why there's such an outcry. Now I know they say, well, you know, Rutgers and, and Ohio State conspired against us in the Big Ten championship game. We're going to give you evidence of that. That that that's that's baby crap on a a grade school playground. You know, well, he did it too. I'm telling. I'm t- you know, no. That that's what Michigan. Michigan looks bad. They look like a bunch of babies at this point. Just take your punishment and move on. Did you see the comments from Brett Bielema that were going around Twitter earlier today? Um, no. About this. I, and I have audio. I don't know if it's super clear, so I'll, I'll try to edit it and maybe we can play it in a little bit. But Brett Bielema talked with reporters. He was asked about it. And he told a story of a time where they were playing Northwestern and Pat Fitzgerald and his coaching staff realized that for whatever reason, whatever technical glitch, the, the calls for Illinois and Brett Bielema were coming in through Northwestern's headset. And Pat Fitzgerald told all his coaches, take the headsets off, put them down and we're going to compete, and he called Brett Bielema the next day to tell him about this. Maybe that's a little bit exaggerated, but we do yeah. have examples now of Big Ten coaches coming out and saying, oh, no, 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 not everyone does this. This isn't right. something we're all guilty of. This is something that we've tried to avoid. I, I thought that was interesting, and again, I'll, I'll try to yeah. find that audio for you. No, no, that would be, uh, that would be understandable. What, would not, what, what teams do is they look at the hand signals, they look at the down and distance, they look at what they're throwing out there. They look when they call certain cadences. You know, if you walk to the line and, you know, suddenly hear Omaha, Omaha, you, you kind of, you, you know, you know what they're doing because they do it consistently. Those are the things that they steal and everybody does it. But what they did, what Michigan did, was go beyond the ethics of what it is you're supposed to do. And that's where everybody's up in arms. And Michigan doesn't understand that. And every Michigan supporter doesn't understand that. You know, it, it just... It's like speeding, you know, most of the time you get between seven to 10 miles over. Okay. But if you're at five miles an hour over and you can't believe they pulled you over and they said, what are you doing? You said, well, I'm doing 40. They said, well, do you know it's a 35? Well, in the spirit of it, yeah, I get it. I'm just a few over, but technically you're breaking the law. So they have the right to give you a ticket. So I, 
you know, but but if you're driving around with a bush on your car and trying to act like you're in the woods, you know, driving down a country road so nobody sees you doing 100 miles an hour, well, then that's a whole lot, that, that's different, you know, and that's kind of what Michigan did. And that's why it's just like, look, I, I, I understand the rule's stupid. I, I Nobody's going to have me argue against it. But you went out of your way to break the rule. And that's where this whole thing gets so sticky. And pe- I listen to all these hacks on all these national shows, make the excuse of it's an antiquated rule. It didn't help them. So who cares? And it's like, wait a minute. You know, it, it's uh, then why have it as a rule? You know, and if it's if it's no big deal, then why is Michigan ready to throw everybody else under the bus? You know, it, 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 because nobody else was dressing up as somebody else to go to the sidelines to start stealing signs. And videotaping it. So anyway, it's just take your punishment. You did it. You got busted. Your guy got busted. Move on. Here's what it is. 877-867-1670. Coming up after the bottom of the hour, we got our guy, uh, Tyler Dunn, is going to be joining us. He's in Pittsburgh for the Packers and Steelers this weekend. So we'll talk to him coming up. Hey, don't forget New Year's Eve. Uh, as long as they don't flex this game out, we're going to be partying. We're going to be at Boondocks, Barbecue, Burgers, and Brew. There's going to be music, watch party for the Packers game, Green and Gold postgame show up until midnight, ringing in the new year. Oh, we're going to have all kinds of fun. Looking forward to it. That's Boondocks, Barbecue, Burgers, and Brews, County Road, KNO, Conomawalk. And, oh, by the way, if you've got, say, uh, a, a work event or you want to say thanks to your staff or you're just going to have some friends over, you want some catering, they do it as well. Get a hold of them. Go to Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. Find them on Facebook. Give them a call or just go to boondocksbbqs.com. We got Tyler Dunn coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back. You know what kind of weekend it is? It's uh, going to do a little home cooking, but uh, heading over to Quick Trip. Loading up. And uh, then going to be uh, out just kind of doing some errands, doing a little shopping. But uh, did, did, did some stuff yesterday, as a matter of fact, at Quick Trip where uh, ran in and stocked up. We got some uh, chicken. And got some meats. Normally I go down to Roberts, but I was on the run, so I stopped in the Quick Trip. And they got all that stuff. I just can't believe you run in, you're like, ah, I need to get down to the butcher shop. And then you go in and you're like, oh, wait a minute. There's a few things there, too. Stopped into Quick Trip. And the best part about it is Quick Trip, man, they have right now for the beer caves and some of their uh, some of their contests that are going on. And you can win a Chevy Colorado pickup truck. Compliments to them and the Green Bay Packers as well. You can go in and get registered for that. They have all kinds of stuff going on. That's our friends at Quick Trip. So uh, make sure you stop in and tell them hello and maybe get yourself registered for some of that stuff, too, because not a bad way to go. Let's bring him in now, our guy Tyler Dunn of GoLongTD.com, joining us uh, on the hotline. Tyler, how you been, buddy? Doing great, man. How you been? I'm good, and uh, I'm excited for the weekend. Not a ton going on. My, my question is, can this Green Bay Packers team win for the first time since 1970? near three rivers. So um, I, I don't know if the Packers are going to break the streak this year. You know what? This is a fascinating game for, for so many reasons. We're going to get into it, but you know, Pittsburgh's got some issues offensively themselves, uh, uh-huh. but, but they're finding a way to win, right? <laughs> they're, they're getting wins through those issues. And 
I don't know if Green Bay found anything in that win against the Rams. That was pretty ugly, but hey, make no apologies. Well, here's my question. When when they got the win against the Rams, you're right, and they it was ugly. Have you seen, and we were talking about this yesterday, and I and Dan, uh, Dan Orlovsky has been one of the biggest supporters of Jordan Love and, and all the things that he's done, and he th- kept thinking he was going to ascend. And yesterday on Get Up, he basically said, look, he's regressed. His footwork is hoppy. His accuracy is way down. He thought he'd get better, and he isn't. And he's making the same mistakes over and over again. How would you evaluate right now? I mean, if you're if you're the general manager and you're starting to think about next season, you're starting to get into player evaluations, what are you thinking about your quarterback? I think that Dan Orlovsky put it so well. And I've talked to Kurt Warner at length. We've got a story up at the site, um, that Q&A. And, and Brett Favre as well. And they both kind of hit on that same theme. You know, in terms of mechanics, fundamentals, Warner made that same point. He's he's too bouncy, too jumpy. He said, look, if I was just kind of playing catch with a professional quarterback in the backyard, I would hope that when he catches the ball, instantly he's in that throwing position, right? Like the footwork's mm-hmm. right. The, the He's holding the ball exactly how you'd want. And he can just kind of trigger, pull the trigger and get the ball exactly where he needs to get it. And Jordan Love, the mechanics just are kind of sloppy at times. Now, I'm sure we've we've chatted about it week to week. I mean, the supporting cast leaves a lot to be desired. <laughs> yep. You know, he yep. I don't know if he has a wide receiver two, let alone a wide receiver one, but you want to see some special. You need to see an element that, that just jumps off the screen. And that's what, what Favre said. He's like, look, you want to see some quote, make some bleep happen throws. Um, it's not going to be perfect in the pocket all the time. Uh, but if this is going to be your quarterback in 2024 and beyond, uh, you do just need to see a moment here or there that pop off the screen. He brought up that touchdown in the wild card against the Lions year two when, you know, he didn't know what the hell he was calling on the run. He called the wrong play. He thought Sterling Sharp mm-hmm. was running to right. his left. He was to his right. Um, something like that at some point, win or lose, I think is what Brian Gutekinds and Matt LaFleur need to see. They found he can win and he can lead a team because of the mocks he had against New Orleans. And obviously he's got a, a couple of wins that have been pretty solid for them, or at least for him. But in last week's numbers were good. But as Mike Clemens and I sat there, there was a lot of open throws that he didn't recognize or by the time he did went by the wayside. And I just, I, I, I'm wondering you know, everybody talked about how he sat for three years behind Aaron Rodgers and absorbed it all. And I know you need to see it and you need to understand it. And you need to experience it. But are you seeing the mental growth there that you need out of a court? Because the question is going to be when you go through the list of quarterbacks right now and the teams that are right now atop their divisions and legitimate playoff contenders, they all have good quarterbacks. The ones that have average or less, the majority of them, the vast majority of them, Nowhere near going to the postseason unless, of course, they get in a wild card because your your conference is so lame, like the NFC. So do you think that you, you're going to need a quarterback come next year or at least an open quarterback competition? Financially, and, and this is kind of getting into the weeds a little bit, uh, it, it's not pretty. And, and I, I'm sure a lot of that will come into focus for everybody as we kind of inch closer and closer to February, to March. I mean, nobody can fault Brian Gutekind's for not going all in with Aaron Rodgers because they're yeah. they're paying the price. I mean, obviously, they really couldn't sign anybody this last offseason. I don't really think they can sign anybody this coming offseason. So what are your options going to be short of completely bottoming out and getting a top five pick, a top 10 pick, or trying to work your way up 
to the top to get yourself a Drake May or one of these quarterbacks. My God, I, I'm trying to avoid mock drafts at all costs right now. I mean, the grift is on. Everybody's got a mock draft, and it makes me want to puke. But short of that, I, I don't really know what their options are going to be. So they really want to see something out of Jordan Love. I think if he proves and, – and look, Kurt Warner was critical, but he believes that Jordan Love has at least proven that he can function in an NFL offense. If he can win a few more games – give you some of those makes and bleep happen throws that Brett Favre talked about. And you see some growth. I think he's going to be your quarterback in 2024, just by process of elimination alone. Now the wheels could completely come off of this team, this quarterback, and maybe they don't win another game. I, I think that even with the schedule, they'll win enough games to where they're going to be on the outside, looking in at those top quarterbacks. And he is your guy. And I, that, that's kind of what's maddening about Jordan love, right? It's not like he's just, outright terrible he's been good enough to function and it's been the same story week to week to week it's really bad in the first quarter the second quarter most of the third quarter and then he turns it on the uh the the defense hasn't been bad overall the team i'd say you know probably a d plus because they are sub 500 but they've had injuries they've had a lot of excuses as to why not to succeed uh the biggest question i have is is this a team with talent and we've we've gone through that as well, where you know, okay, who's the, who's your game changer? And we, you know, I think unanimously, most people will say, or everybody will say, Rashawn Gary or Aaron Jones. Those are your two guys. Beyond that, d does this team have upper level talent? You know what, Bill? My internet just cut in and out. I did catch the last part of that question, so I'll, I'll do, do my. Does pets, this team have think... when you when you start to look at this team through a, a general manager's eyes, and you start to say, "Who are my game changers, and who can I rely upon? Who is going to be the go-to guy?" Does this team have that level of talent? No, I mean they they really don't have that. That and that's the problem that we probably should be talking about a hell of a lot more, and and that's why they locked up for Sean Gary. It's like okay, this. This is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Here's your blank check. We're going to keep you long-term because a lot of these draft picks, man, you start to see guys not panning out and you start to wonder, right. well, maybe they should have taken George Pickens instead of Christian Watson. Maybe they should have taken Jordan Addison instead of Lucas Van Ness. And I get it. We could play this game all day, but you watch another team, watch another offense. I was just watching Sam Howell and the Washington Commanders, for example. And Joe Theismann, when we chatted, he said, look at their receivers. They've got the best receiving core in the NFL. That might be a stretch, but he's not far right. off. I mean, Terry McLaurin, John Dotson, Kurt, Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas. You watch a Commanders game, there's dudes open all over the field. And, and Sam Howell, to his credit, is a hell of a lot better with his accuracy on deep balls than Jordan Love. But he's got options. Jo Jordan Love just doesn't have those options. So that's why the problem, it, it's running deeper than Jordan Love himself. Now, when he does get Christian Watson open for a touchdown like he had in that Rams game, he has to hit that. He, he's just he's got to complete that pass. And I think that's what Green Bay needs to see down the stretch. So you're in Pittsburgh. What are you working on? Yeah, so uh, spending a little time around the Pittsburgh Steelers. Going to chat with Cam Hayward at length today. I feel like, you know, there's a reason the Steelers are getting all these grimy, disgusting wins. We, we look up and we wonder, how in the hell are the Steelers – you know, leading right? the division. Why Why have they never had a losing season under Mike Tomlin? It's really because of guys like Cam Hayward. So uh, that's going to be interesting. And then I'll be covering the game on Sunday. You know, it's a huge one for both teams. Green Bay, hey, you win this, you get to four and five. It's a league of momentum. You can talk yourselves into uh, this season mattering pretty quickly if you're, if you're the Green Bay Packers too. 
Yeah, and and like I said, it, the 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 fact that they haven't won there since 1970. Bart Starr was the last Packers Ooh. quarterback to win in Pittsburgh. I mean, you would not expect this very merry band of misfits to go into to Pittsburgh and actually get a win, but I think it, there, there's a legitimate possibility. Wouldn't you just love to see Green Bay's offense not sleepwalk in a first half? I mean, my right. God, I, I think that alone. There was a point last week where I think Jordan Love had like 27 or 28 passing yards and Tyson Bagent had like 150 in a different game. It, it, they need it, it's half, the season's half over, guys. And I think that's probably an indictment of Matt LaFleur more than anything is for whatever reason, this offense, they, these games begin and they're just not ready, right? Physically, yeah. emotionally, whatever it is. Um, they need a leader. I think that's probably the bigger point here too. They need a leader, somebody that can speak up. And maybe this is where some of us just misjudge this team. I, I, I saw all this youth as a positive, right? Let them grow on the fly. Let them learn together. And they're starting to they look like those baby bulls teams post Jordan. I know, I know Aaron Rodgers loved to, uh, poke fun at Brian Gutekinds and call him Jerry Krause. That was pretty unprofessional in my opinion, because you know, Michael Jordan did win a lot of championships and Aaron Rodgers won one, one, but it right at times this offense does look like a bunch of Eddie Curry's and Tyson Chandler's and they need somebody, they need somebody offensively and in that locker room to speak up. So you don't start a game like they've been starting games. Always good to chat pal. And I'll look forward to whatever's coming out uh, via the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers side of thing. And you're right. I, I, I don't know how Pittsburgh has done it where they really, I mean, if you look at the one statistic that really is dictatorial of this is the fact that they're plus eight in the turnover category. They have come up big in big moments when close games have been on the line. The defense has gotten turnovers, given the ball back to the offense in a short field, and they've been able to, to put something up. So, I mean, but that's, that's where they're winning these games. It's not like anything is spectacular, but uh, you can kind of see what they're doing and how they're getting it done. And turnovers, we all know, are the big, big dictator in many, many, many wins when it comes to winning the turnover battle. So, should be interesting. Who you got? You better, you better block T.J. Watt with two guys, right? I mean, if he's singled yeah. up, he's going to make a play. That's how they get these turnovers. Yep. Well, here's the other thing. Every time everybody sees T.J. Watt make a play, all they keep thinking about is Kevin King. Because that was the oh guy that the, the Packers pa Packers fans wanted them to take T.J. Watt. Instead, they took Kevin King. Oh, so. my God. Yep. Oh. That's a kick to the, what, kick what to the balls that? every time you see T.J. Watt going and sacking a quarterback. <laughs> what a depressing note to go off on, Bill. You're yeah. absolutely right, though. It should be brought up every single time we see a T.J. Watt highlight. Yep. No doubt. All right, buddy. You, uh, you be good. We look forward to the stuff coming out with Cam Hayward and company. And uh, we will uh, chat again real soon, okay? Any day, any time, man. Thanks so much, Bill. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. That's our guy, Tyler Dunn of GoLongTD.com. That is GoLongTD.com. You can read his stuff there. You can subscribe. They have the podcast with Brett Favre, and they also have Bob McGinn, uh, the former Packers writer from the Journal Sentinel, and they do a lot of analytical stuff all throughout the rest of the National Football League. Really, really good stuff. Check it all out there. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step out, take a quick break, come back. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show. 
on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. It's that season. It's almost upon us. If you're thinking about uh, rings, engagement rings, wedding rings, bands, pendants, necklaces, earrings, charm bracelets, all that kind of stuff, uh, there is a place called Kane and Kane Jewelers. They are in West Bend, Wisconsin, and they do an incredible job. They're great people. They're a small, local-owned business, uh, and they're incredibly Fair, honest, uh, you, you never want to use the word inexpensive or cheap because they're not. They, they, the hearts on fire diamonds and the quality they have is amazing. But they really do walk you through the process. You can set up a private appointment or you can just stop in and check out the showroom. Kane and Kane Jewelers uh, in West Bend, They, as they always say, they want to rock your world. But if you want to see more, go to Kane, K-O-E-H-N, KaneJewelry.com. That is Kane Jewelry. Dot com. And uh, by the way, Andy does a, a podcast. I say this all the time, a buy, like the, a buy Like a Guy podcast for guys that are looking for rings and stuff for their, you know, loved ones, moms, whatever. And uh, so they, uh, you can always take a listen to that, too. And it's not always about diamonds and stuff. Sometimes it's whiskeys and bourbons and whatever, but uh, whatever he's got going on. Good stuff from our friends at Kane and Kane Jewelers in West Bend. Um. This was from Mark, who says, uh, I think we need to look even further up. At what point does Mark Murphy step in and say, I cannot see the talent on the field, Brian Gutekinds, you're going to have to go? I don't know. That's that's a really good question. If if it's not there, um, if it's not there, do they make a move? If you feel like this team is not talented enough to win games, you have to ask yourself, are they being undercoached or is the talent level just not there? Um, boy, that's a great question. I'm, I, because the last general manager that was technically fired was Mike Sherman. Ron Wolf left, turned it over to Mike. Mike was fired by Bob. Ted Thompson was brought in. Ted was, quote, retiring if you will, as his health began to decline. 
and then Brian Gutekinds was hired, it wasn't necessarily a firing. It was very a soft retire. Ted's walking away. He kind of told to walk away, but walking away. And so the last general manager to be fired really was Mike Sherman. And they just, he didn't get fired. They just took away the general manager's duties. This season could go really south. Maybe Mark Murphy freaks out and and makes a a quick decision and fires Goody. But Goody is not behaving like a man that's worried about his job. He's not making trades like he's worried about his job. No, no. You're 100% correct. But it's just, it's a very intriguing question. Uh, Christopher says, do you think that Mark Murphy would really change general managers before he hangs it up before his retirement? I don't see that happening. No, Christopher, I, I think if... If this goes bad, really bad, um, and you start to – I mean, let's be honest. If you start to and, – and look, I, I think Brian Gutekinds is a great guy. I love when I get a chance to see him and say hello. He's just a, he's just a nice guy. It's not like we sit down and have these in-depth conversations or anything. It's just he's a nice guy. And being from this area, from lacrosse and such, you root your ass off for him. But the facts are the facts. When you go through those drafts, you start looking for impact players, and there's not much residual from his first couple of drafts that's left here in the stable. So, okay, you give him a couple of years to get his arms around being the general manager. And then, obviously, the Jordan Love pick is a legacy pick. And then what you've done since then, have you fortified this team with pro? You need pro bowlers. You need one or two guys to really shine and and push it to pro bowl cap- capability. Rashawn Gary has done that. But he's, you know, again, he's coming off the injury, so he hasn't. He, has, he even hasn't had the same statistical season as you, you know, kind of would have thought. But at some point, you got to ask the question if things don't get better, right? Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Think about it. We got a lot more coming up. The Bill Michael Show on a Friday edition continues on right after this.